0: Hey guys, welcome to the Raising the Bar podcast. I'm your host, Emily. And today I have a special guest, Nikki. Um, she's another coach and another athlete, and um, we have a lot of things in common. And so we're just going to kind of do like a almost like a reintroduction of my story, and she's going to share her story and how we both got into fitness and also coaching as well. Um, so let's start out with um, something called the plates and the weights. <laughs> so Nikki, um, introduced me to this idea, um, where we talk about the plates. So the plates are going to be like, you know, the good things, the good things that we put on our plates this week, um, what we filled our plates with, uh, you know, metaphorically, and then the weights are going to be, you know, just kind of like the, the difficult things of the week. Um, cause you know, believe it or not, coaches, coaches struggle too. Um, and we also have good things going for us too. So, um, so yeah, do you want to share your plate and then I'll share my plate and then you <laughs> can share the weights?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, my name is Nikki. I've been a coach for the last year. Um, I've been a bodybuilding athlete for the last three years. Um, so my plates for this last week was pretty much, I gave a lot of time back to myself, which is something that I normally struggle with. So I didn't feel too good in the beginning of the week. Um, I actually took like real rest, which is kind of hard for a lot of people to actually do, to actually like call in sick to work and, you know, spend the time actually recovering when you don't feel good. Um, So that was a huge win for me to be able to feel okay with doing that. And also to, you know, just like allow myself to do that. Um, Another good thing this past week is, I went to, uh, we had a formal work party last night. So I work in the print shop for uh, Ron Revive. Um, It's called Shock Socks. And we had a formal work party last night. So that was fun. You know, you get to get dressed up and, you know, my fiance really had a really great time. Um, We both looked completely amazing. And it was just a really great time to spend with, you know, some coworkers. And, you know, that was kind of my good stuff for the week.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I actually, that reminded me when you mentioned calling in sick, because I did that on Friday. Yeah, Um, yeah, because I could just tell like, as the week was building up, I was like this, like my brain, like, I've just noticed I get a lot of brain fog when I start to get really stressed. So I was like, yeah, I need to just, you know, take this day off and just really take time to do me, you know, not someone else, not at someone else's job, not write paychecks for other people, but I need to stay home and focus on me and allow myself to be like lazy for a day, you know, because it's definitely not lazy to rest and do what you need to do, you know. So, so yeah, that that's one good thing. Um, And notice that we're talking about like rest and taking time off as a good thing, as opposed to like something negative. Cause I think some people really struggle with that. I mean, myself included, like for a minute there, I was like, could I have gone into work today? Like, but then I'm like, no, no, no. Like I would have been dragging, not worth it.
1: And then you would have pushed that like brain fog feeling into the weekend would impacted your training, impacted your sleep, impacted your digestion, like all of the things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that was really good. Um, I feel like my athletes are crushing it. And like, it's, that's just such an amazing feeling. Cause like there was a period of time where I had zero athletes and yet I still was like, no, no, I'm still a coach. I'm still a coach because it's in my heart. I know that like, I need to help people. Um, you know, I've been helped a lot. I can't just like not do that. Um, but it's like, it's so hard to believe in yourself when it's like, you see all these coaches and they're constantly posting their athletes and I'm just sitting there like, I got nothing like, I need <laughs> help, you know, and so it's, it's been so amazing, um, you know, working with Michelle and like, you know, she's been um, bringing in the athletes and then like onboarding them and then they work with me. And it's just, it's just been so great. Cause now I don't have to worry about like finding, you know, my ideal clients because they just come to me and I'm like, yeah. this is a thing like this. It's just, I'm just so grateful every day. Cause it's like this, I used to cry about this. All, like every night. Cause I just, I felt like a fraud. I was like, I want to help people, but where's the people, you know? Yeah. So this is like, I've just been, I've been like starving for this for like a long time. And I'm just so grateful that I finally feel like I'm, you know, helping people. And it's just such an amazing feeling. Like every day that I wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to this stupid payroll job. But then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this is preparing me to transition to full-time coaching. So like, mm-hmm. I need to just be grateful for it, even if it sucks, cause it's paying my bills. <laughs> so, um, and just not let the people at work get to me and the stress. Cause it's a lot. Um, but I'm like, I refuse to like, let that impact, you know, the way that I coach and not take away t- the time that I give to all my athletes. Cause you know, I would never want to be coached like that and just feel like a number, you know? So, yeah. um, so yeah, I always make sure that like, when I'm speaking with my athletes, I'm, I'm not like distracted with my, payroll stuff, you know, cause it's really important to give people, you know, your full attention. So it's definitely a lot for me at this point, but like in a good way. So I'm just like really happy and just feeling really fulfilled with that. Um, and then my training has been going pretty well too. Like, um, Bulgarian split squatting the sixties, like in each yes. and every time I do that, I'm just like, how am I doing this? I like, know. <laughs>
1: it's crazy. It's so cool. Especially like When you're able to like PR in the different ways from week to week, because as we know, like PR is not just more reps or more weight. Like there's so many other factors that go into, you know, like personal records and things like that. And to be progressing in these other ways every single week with all of our different lifts and like, also like, you know, with the topic of today, you know, looking back at where we were when we first started, like whether it was body weight or whether it was, you know, like five pounds or two pounds or, you know, whatever it is, like, it's just an incredible progression. And it's, it's so cool to look back at that and to like, feel that pride about it, because I don't know about you, like me personally, I would struggle with feeling like I would feel weird about feeling prideful about things like that. Like it was, it was not normal to me, you know, like, because of like, just like some things with my upbringing. So that's so cool to hear. And I love watching your training videos. So
0: thank you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's with, um, progressing training, like it can sometimes be like these really subtle things. Like for me, I tend to like, um, well, I used to with Bulgarian split squats, like I would cheat the range of motion at the bottom a little bit, or I would hit the the range of motion, but then like just bounce right back up.
1: Yeah. Like use the momentum, like,
0: Yeah, so I've just been working on like really trying to like use my quads as a, and also Mm -hmm. like at the end, sometimes I notice my, my hips shoot up first and I can tell that's when my glutes start to take over. So like just noticing these little things in my training videos, you know, even Mm -hmm. if I regress a rep or two, I'm like, as long as the quality of the rep is better, like that's kind of what I'm looking for. So it's definitely cool to notice those little progressions, even with like the same weight for like months at a time, you know? So yeah, that's really good.
1: No, that's awesome. So for me, for the last week, my weights, I've been, you know, I feel like I didn't have too many weights for the last week because although like, yeah, I was sick, like, and that was a weight, you know, like I, like I talked about earlier, like I really struggled with allowing myself the rest. Um, But then I kind of like let go of that weight by just saying like, no, I need this. I deserve this. Like I'm always working. I'm always doing this stuff. So um, that was a good weight to have, though, I feel like. Um, But other than that, like I can't really say too much about it other than I guess I didn't get that great of sleep last night. (laughs) Like That's really the only other like weight that I had this last week. So I was pretty grateful for this last week that not not too much, uh, not too much negative that I've had oh well I guess I could talk about the situation from the work party last night that kind of was a a little bit of a negative um so just for the listeners um at the work party last night I had 2 coworkers um, making a lot of comments across the table to me about wanting some dinner rolls and it's something that I didn't say anything at the time because you know I didn't want to act how they were acting about it um but you know it's just one of those things where people are going to have comments and not understand what you're doing and you know like you can't let that hold you back or you can't let that change your decisions um i'm somebody that doesn't really eat off plan very often at all and lately i've been kind of not forcing myself to be a little bit more off but allowing myself the grace and the space to be a little bit more off because I had been so neurotic and so on for so long that that is actually really healthy for me, you know, to allow myself that kind of balance. Um, So anyway, so, you know, they had all of these comments about, oh, you don't eat carbs. You don't eat bread. And I was like, I could literally eat you all under the table. Like I eat carbs all the time. Like that's carbs are so freaking important. Like, you know, carbs are literally so important to training, to metabolism, to our, our, our thyroid health, our hormonal, like everything. They are so freaking important. And, um, you know, some people are just going to be a little bit ignorant to things that they don't understand. And, you know, all we can do is just keep showing up our best self and, you know, let them, let them be them. Try if they want our help, you know, try to help them. But, you know, sometimes there's going to be a disconnect with people in the lifestyle that we live.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I was trying to think like, how would I have reacted in like a situation like that? Like part of me would be like, you know, Oh, I want to like, you know, eat extra dinner rolls just to like piss them right? off. Like- <laughs> <laughs> <Make> them <uncomfortable, laughs> but. You know, at the same time, it's like, why stoop to that level? You know, like, yeah, they don't, they don't deserve it. But yeah, that's just, people really have such a sense of entitlement to just like comment on what people are eating. You know, like, it's one thing yeah. to be like, oh, that looks really good. Like, that's fine. But it's like, if people are going to say, you know, to imply that you shouldn't be eating that, it's like, who do they think they are? Like, that's- yeah,
1: no, absolutely. Especially yeah. when they are people <laughs> yeah. who like, oh my God, like they are so sensitive. Like it's like, if I would have ever said something like that to them, oh my God, I couldn't imagine how like the spiral that they would have because of how sensitive they are. And like, I know that about them. I understand their context and maybe with them understanding mine and knowing that I'm a pretty strong-willed individual that like, and I I do have thicker skin, like maybe with that, they think that it's more acceptable or it's more okay to make those kind of comments, but just because I'm stronger mentally does not mean that you don't still get affected or get, you know what I mean? Like any kind of negative emotion when people make comments like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've definitely gotten comments from people at my job, like not necessarily like that where they're implying that I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, but it's just like comments, like, you know, kind of like, Oh, that's a little odd, you know, like, cause I, Mm -hmm. I drink a lot of water. And so people at my job, they don't drink water. They drink maybe yes. like, you know, soda, but not once have I seen, Um, like my boss, he sits next to me and I've never seen him drink water, literally ever oh out of the whole year I've been there, not a single drop of water. And I'm just like, and people are complaining of like headaches and low energy and mm-hmm. someone else in the office, I overheard her saying she like hasn't pooped in six days. And I'm like,
1: oh you guys, this I is horrible. I couldn't imagine. Could you imagine not pooping in six
0: i eat so much i i think i would explode like that literally like oh my god i would feel so awful (laughs) (laughs) like i would not be coming into work i'd be like going to the hospital or something (laughs) terrible um but yeah it's like wow and like people are living like this and i get it i think you know this the job that people in my office and myself have it is very stressful because we have like deadlines and you know it Mm -hmm it haunts you, you know, if you don't do something, it haunts you till you do it. And then you're getting more and more and it just piles on. And so, you know, I think a lot of people are really suffering the effects from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I totally get it. Cause I, I'm, I'm there with them. Um, but yeah. I really try to like, not let it get to me, but you know, when it's like, when I'm approaching getting my period and I'm like much more sensitive, that's when it really does get to me. Yeah. So like leaving the office like practically in tears <laughs> like just because someone looked at me the wrong way. I'm like what did I do, you know? So
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what about you any do you have any like weights for the week or anything like that? Anything that maybe you were like struggling with or anything like that?
0: Um honestly, it would just be the stress from work. Like that's really mm-hmm. my main like stressor cuz like aside from that, like life is really freaking good. Um, yeah. it's just that I'm at work for like eight hours a day. So it's like, that is my life, but that's not yeah. the good part. So the good part is all outside of that. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I don't know, things are really good. And like, um, I've been talking with my parents, this is kind of going back to the plates. Even It's not really a weight, but, um, like I've been telling my parents, you know, like, I really think this full-time coaching is going to, you know, eventually work out and I'll be able to do this full-time. Um, and they I was telling them my plan to like move to Florida and everything. Um And I was like, you guys, you have Teddy. You, are you planning to move when I move? Because I'm not doing this alone. Like, obviously, we were <laughs> different places, but I was like, you're planning to move there, too. Right. And they were say they said that they would. And that okay. they wanted to like look into places there. And they joined some Facebook groups. And so I was just like, oh, that's so nice. well, so exciting! So I'm like yeah. I'm really excited for this, and they're also planning to like rent a place in Maine to like go there in the summer and then stay in Florida for like the co- the cooler months. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And so they said they they're gonna look into a place like in Maine that has like you know um like a guest room in case I want to visit during the summer, and I'm oh. just like man, this is like so exciting! Like I've always wanted to get out of. New York like I this is not it for me and like it's just always been my dream to like live in a warm place so I'm just like this is insane so
1: yeah no that's awesome I'm super happy for you as I you know kind of always tell you like it's it's so awesome how this is all finally like coming to fruition for you so I definitely love that and I mean I know how close you are with your parents but I also know that how important your boundaries are with them too so like you guys doing it together though is like kind of really important for you I feel like because I mean you've never really like you've only really been with them you know what I mean like like not so much like on like outside and on your own and like kind of alone and like that's that's scary you know like it is scary to be like far away from your family you know because I think you've said that like they're they're the only family that you have right like you don't really have a lot of like cousins and stuff like that or like you don't
0: have any siblings or yeah no siblings um I do have cousins but there was a whole big situation with that so we're very much separated and I don't have any contact with them just some family drama but yeah so it's really just me and my parents so um and we used to have a very bad relationship and um like really bad and so um interestingly enough, like this whole um, fitness thing actually indirectly really helped to improve it because it's what got me into like really taking care of myself. And one of our big like um, things that we would butt heads over is like the fact that I was dealing with an eating disorder and that, you know, when you deal with something like that, you don't, it's not just you on an island, like it impacts other people. Um, And I was so deep in it that I didn't realize how it was like impacting them and they definitely like said the wrong thing a lot of the time uh because they didn't know about like you know what what I was thinking what I was dealing with and Mm -hmm. I think they were just very panicked and like I'm their only child so it's not like you know they have practice with this before there's no manual like how to be the parent of someone who is like dying right in front of you like you know and like you feel helpless so um so yeah I mean but once I started taking care of myself and they kind of started to see like, you know, oh, like interesting, like Emily is actually like taking the initiative. Like we're not having to like force her to do it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I think then they started to trust me. And then once they stopped like worrying about me every two seconds, like, oh my God, like she's been in the bathroom for 20 minutes. Oh my God, what is she doing? You know, then they don't have to worry about that anymore. So we've actually been able to focus on other things, you know, like, and it's just been like, really, uh, really good, because, you know, they don't have to worry about me. So it's not like we have that strain on our relationship anymore. Um, yeah, And also seeing how like, I've made a lot of improvements in my health and fitness, like when when I've been visiting my parents, you know, the last, I'm going to say couple months, couple weeks, you know, something like that. Um, I've noticed that their fridge is being filled with a lot more healthy things. Oh, and, that's awesome. Yeah. And like my parents come to my place and I see them looking at what I have in my fridge and my pantries and I come over to their house. I was there yesterday and I see they bought a lot of the same things. And I'm just like, this is crazy. Oh, that's so
1: cool.
0: Yeah. I was like, I see you guys are trying to eat healthier. This is amazing. And they were just like, yeah, we're trying. And my mom was like, I tried to do a squat yesterday. And I was just like, wow. oh, this is crazy. So
1: awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, as the both of us know, we all start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I mean, we could you could start at literally any time and I think that's actually really cool like that your parents, I mean, being, you know, the age that they are and everything that like they're seeing like, okay, it's not too late like I can start making changes now. It's not everything that I'm doing is not set in stone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my dad is uh 67 and he's going to be 68 mm-hmm. in November and um his dad passed away when he was 67. And like, wow. obviously I'm like terrified of that happening. Cause my dad is that same age. So I'm always like, please nothing bad happened. Um, yeah. I mean, my dad has high blood pressure and like, you know, um, you know, like he had pre-diabetes, um, but he's been, you know, trying to not eat an entire box of pasta in one sitting and start <laughs> They'll, uh incorporate some veggies and protein, and they've been eating like salmon several times a week, and like okay, and um more like healthier carbs, and they've just been they've been doing a lot better, and like eating fruits and veggies. I'm just like incredible. So, and my mom started eating oatmeal. She's always oh, nice. been weird about oatmeal, but I sure <laughs> she likes it now. <laughs> so, so yeah, they're doing really well. So I'm just like really happy to see that because you know in a way I'm like, it's for selfish reasons in a way, because I'm like, they're my only family. Like if they pass away, I have no one, um, freaks me out so much, but like, also I'm like, well, for their own sake too, like, I don't want them to have to suffer or, you know, deal with health issues, you know? So it's good for, it's good for all of us. So yeah.
1: Cool. That's awesome. Now I love to hear that. Um, so just a little bit about what got me started in fitness, you know, since we're kind of talking about like, you know, when you start, um, I have like that classic story. Like I was in a, I had a kind of like a really toxic upbringing. Um, you know, I was in a really abusive relationship and then it ended and I was like, you know, mental illness runs in my family. And like, I had always been really tiny and I was like, okay, I am terrified to like get into a depressive slump. Like I'm like, I was like, I need to fill my time and my brain with healthy habits. And like, you know, like I had tried dieting, like, I don't know, I think like two years before, and I don't even know why I even thought about dieting because I was a string bean. Like I had no business attempting to like get into fitness by just like dieting. Like I started trying to learn how to track my food and like using my fitness pal. And of course, you know, if you make a new account on my fitness pal, what does it tell you? You have to eat 1200 calories. So I was there like, oh, I need to eat 1200 calories, but I had been eating. Like I, you know, I mean, I grew up Sicilian, like we eat a lot of food all of the time. Everything is centered around food. So I always had a really, you know, like Healthy metabolism, I guess, and like healthy appetite. And I always ate a lot of, you know, like meats and pastas and breads, and you know, you name it, I ate it. Um. So you know, I'm going through this breakup, and I'm scared. I'm literally scared. I'm like, okay, like I want to get stronger because, like, you know, like I said, like it was an abusive relationship, and I'm like, you know, like I need to be stronger, like physically. I need to be stronger mentally, emotionally, and like. So I started, you know, like working out in my room, and I was in that phase of like. I feel like fitness sometimes has those phases where like, especially me, I felt really self-conscious about getting into fitness because I was already really small, you know, and like, I was already skinny. So everyone thought that it was weird that I wanted to get into fitness anyway, since, you know, a lot of people just associate fitness with getting smaller and, you know, dieting and all that kind of stuff. So you know, I just started changing really little things, just like, you know, changing out some sourcing, you know, I'd start, I started having, you know, like ground turkey, you know, instead of maybe like ground beef, you know, like these like weird little swaps in the beginning that I was like, oh no, yeah. Like this is, this is healthier. Ground turkey is more healthy than ground beef. I couldn't tell you why I thought that, but that's what a lot of, um, that's what a lot of what you hear, you know, is eat the leaner meats. They're healthier for you, you know? So, you know, I started doing that, started working out in my room. And then finally, like my brother convinced me that if I wanted to grow, I needed to start lifting weights. I had like, you know, five pounds in my room and like, that's what I was using. And I had like a 15 pound kettlebell, like that was like as, as much weight as I was doing in my room. Um, so then I graduated to, I purchased an entire 300 pound Olympic weight set and put it in my basement. And I started like deadlifting I started squatting but like it was tough because I didn't have a rack so like when I had to squat I literally had to like clean like crossfit clean like over my head onto my back like it was not safe whatsoever like I could not squat a lot of weight so I kind of just like teetered with home workouts and working out at home because I was just I felt I felt too self-conscious to go to the gym um and then In like 2016, I, like my fiance and I moved to North Carolina and we had a gym within like a mile radius. And then I finally was like, okay, I'm done. I want to get in the gym because I want to get stronger now. Like I really want to get stronger. I had already built all the discipline. I changed all the eating habits, like, but I was still so small. And I was like, I want, I want more muscle. Like I want more, like I had a decent figure, but I was like, I want more. Like, I want, like, like we know, like, you know, if you don't have any musculature underneath, Anything that you do, you know, you're not going to have the shape that you want. So, you know, then I got into the gym and, like, oh my God, I weighed the most I have ever weighed after that, like, year because I didn't really know too much. I mean, I made healthy swaps, but I was constantly like, I need, I want to get bigger. I need to eat more. I got myself up to 163 pounds. And, like, I am a small female. Like, I, like, I'm five, two, like I'm not very big. So like me sitting at 160, like 63 pounds was crazy for me, but, um, I didn't think about it then. Like, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel fat. I didn't feel fluffy. Like I didn't associate these kinds of things. I just cared about how I felt and how much weight I was lifting and how I was eating. That was it. Like there was a lot of emotional components attached to fitness that I just didn't have once I stepped foot in the gym. Then when I finally started like structured bodybuilding, I had an incredible recom because, you know, I had been like working out the like, not wrong way, but not structured enough to be making the progress I was specifically looking to make. So when I hired my first coach three years ago, my fitness journey completely changed. And, um, then, you know, my first coach is what ended up making me want to become a coach because the beginning of my coaching experience was incredible. And then probably the last like eight months were not. Um, and it was the classic, like, you know, uh, consistently trying to diet me. I didn't necessarily really want to diet. Um, I thought that I was pretty lean. I didn't really... I didn't really care about being lean because I was so small for so much of my life and so skinny for so much of my life that I just didn't really care about being skinny. I cared about being strong. I wanted to be jacked. Like that's all I cared about. Um so we had three failed diet attempts and then I just got to this place where I just really fell out of alignment with um you know like just the way that she coached. Um, and she's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. You know, if you, you know, if, if, if you don't have any kind of functional issues or anything like that, like if you're just like a bodybuilder, want to put your head down, want to compete that like great coach, great coach. Um, but just, I just fell out of alignment and, um, you know, it really pushed me to want to learn more because of the things that I was dealing with. So then, what got me into fitness, what got me into, you know, structured bodybuilding now is what fueled my desire to want to be a coach. You know, like I was dealing with all of these issues because I was on hormonal birth control for 12 years of my life, you know, like from when I basically, you know, was like in full puberty, you know, until I was an adult, um, which we know how many deficiencies in the body that causes. Um, so, you know, I had very irregular periods. I had, you know, just, I, I I had like metabolic issues in the sense that like my hormones were just completely tanked. I wasn't able to gain muscle. I wasn't able to lose fat. Like it was, I got to a point where I was just very stuck and plateaued regardless of the work and the effort that I was putting in and the foods that I was eating and all of that. Um, so that really, like I said, that really fueled me to want to learn more about, you know, like functional health and knowing more about hormones and knowing more about metabolic issues. And, um, you know, that has kind of where I've been for the last year and a half now. Um, and I have been through a couple of different mentorship programs. Emily and I are now in a mentorship with Jeff Sue together. I also mentor with Dom Kuza. I've mentored with Austin Stout, so, you know, I've spent a lot of time now trying to learn all of these complex issues in this, like, very short amount of time, um, but, I mean, it really, it really fueled my desire to want to help people and to know that, like, it's not always you. Sometimes it's, you know, what's going on internally, not necessarily just your effort, you know, Um because I was somebody, like I said earlier, like I was neurotic. I was always checking off the boxes. I was very, very rarely off plan. And I got to this point where I just wasn't seeing any kind of progress. And, um, you know, I didn't want anybody else to ever feel the way that I felt with my coaching experience and the alignment that I fell out of and just the, the the guidance that I started getting. Um, and now I just, I don't, I want people to understand that they don't have to be miserable to have the life that they want and the body that they want and the health that they want to. So that's kind of what got me started in all of this.
0: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, I had a similar experience, um, as far as like, um, a bad first coaching experience. Um, but yeah, I'll get to that kind of in the order, um, of kind of how things started out for me, but, um, So pretty much, I don't even know where to like start out because I was never interested or concerned with my health or fitness until I was 24, Mm -hmm. um, which was when I started like, you know, recovering from my eating disorder, because that's what really prompted all of this. So I will backtrack a little bit just so that things make sense. Um, So I developed an eating disorder, uh, specifically bulimia when I was 12, um, and I I don't really want to say like, this is why it started and this, you know, because it's like, it's so many things. Like, I think, you know, Mm -hmm. I have a genetic predisposition just for like having an addictive personality and like mental illness in general, just because, you know, people in my family have depression, like someone Mm -hmm. in my distant family was like an alcoholic and, um, you know, things like that. Um, so, you know, and I think my eating disorder developed because I had undiagnosed Uh, yet yet depression, anxiety, um, also probably undiagnosed autism, which very few people know about me, but um, it's still not diagnosed, but I'm like 99% sure that I have like, you know, high functioning, you know, autism. Um, And I had all the signs as a little kid, but, you know, my parents always just kind of pushed it under the rug and were like, oh, like, you know, it's just a little Emily idiosyncrasy um you know that's just how she is but like i was really really struggling um but they kind of just played it off as cute and quirky but then again like they didn't really know cuz like again i'm their first child nobody tells mm-hmm. you this what this can happen look for this issue and this is what you do about it like there's no manual for this so i definitely yeah especially
1: not in the 90s like
0: <laughs> yeah so i definitely don't blame them but i really do wish it had been you know addressed when i was a kid um But, you know, so that's kind of, like, where things sort of started. Um, I just had that predisposition for mental illness. So, you know, a lot of things were undiagnosed. And so then, you know, I think that's what made me susceptible to developing an eating disorder. But, um, you know, as far as my relationship with food goes growing up, like my parents were never like, you know, you can't have this, this is a good food. This is a bad food. Mm-hmm. Like I was always, you know, it was like a food neutral environment and I ate pretty healthy. Like, you know, I'd have broccoli with my dinner. I'd have strawberries for dessert. Like I ate pretty mm-hmm. So, um, there was really no issues there. Um, but so I, I hit puberty a little bit earlier than my peers. So my body started to change. I started to get, get boobs and a butt and my peers were still like little twigs. They were still very skinny. And um, this was, I think it was in fourth or fifth grade. So I felt kind of just like an alien because I'm very short. So are my parents, but you know, my peers were growing taller and I was growing wider. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is really unfortunate. And then I needed braces and then I got glasses and I just felt like <laughs> an absolute freak. It was just one thing after the other. And so um, I just felt very uh, ugly. I mean, like at the time, you know, I just, cause things were just changing so quickly um, and yeah. I didn't have time to like adjust to it. Um, and I just started really, you know comparing myself to people um, and I didn't really have a lot of friends at school either but then middle school came came around and that was just like, you know, just a complete shock. Um, So I had one friend when I was in elementary school, but then some girl, you know, turned her against me for whatever reason, because kids are like that sometimes. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I just went through middle school with no friends. And I just like would go the entire day without talking because I just felt so paralyzed. And like, you know, I was like scared to talk to people because I just just was so anxious and. I don't know, my brain just like wouldn't let me. Like I just couldn't like function properly. Um, There was a lot of things going on. And so, um, you know, I turned to food for comfort. Um, And then I also thought at the same time, well, maybe if I'm skinny, I'll have friends because the people who I saw who were uh, popular were all pretty skinny. And Mm -hmm. I'm okay, I'm gonna stop eating lunch at school. So it always starts out with something all innocent like that. And so I started doing that. And, um, and then I started having less for breakfast, I would just eat like a banana. um, And so I was basically going the whole day without eating. So then by the time I'd come home from school, I would start, you know, having like, I guess, mini binges, because it wasn't like a full on binge, because I felt like I was like, kind of trying to hold myself back. But like, eventually, it started like getting pretty out of control. um, And I was like, well, I can't keep doing this. Because, you know, then, I'm not going to be skinny and then I'm not going to have friends and then I won't fit in. So um, I remember there was this one time I was in the school library and I picked up this book in the library and it was like this pink book. um, And it was, it was called perfect. And there was a character in the book and she, um, you know, described how she would like make herself throw up and, you know, to kind of undo what she ate. And so my stupid ass was like, Oh, I'm going to try that. I was like, are you kidding me? Like looking back, I'm like bad move right there
1: bad
0: my gosh so I mean one day I tried it it was very difficult and I was like this sucks but I'm only gonna do it for emergencies um and then every day became an emergency after that like I was just hooked um and so you know that's kind of where it started it really started just because I wanted friends I wanted a sense of belonging I wanted to fit in I wanted to be like everyone else Mm -hmm. um And then it just became something that I turned to because I was lonely because I didn't have the friends because all my peers had brothers and sisters and they'd come home. And then I'd come home and my house was quiet because my mom was at work. My dad was working from home, but he was upstairs in his office with the door closed. And just that I was just like in complete silence. And I just felt like I was very isolated. Um, And I used to have dreams of like, you know, where I'd have siblings and like these, like this big, rich, beautiful family. And I was like, I'm never going to have that maybe in another lifetime who knows but not this one and it was just like it really really ate at me um and so I'd always turn to food every time I'd feel that like emotional hunger of like what I want so badly but could never have um Mm -hmm. so yeah that really kind of kept the cycle going um and then eventually it just happened because no reason it just became like an addiction you know like I could feel no emotion whatsoever but it's like Oh, I got a craving for this food. I'm going to, you know, eat 20 of those things. Like, Oh, I'm going to eat 20 donuts. I just, it just popped into my head. And it's like, it, yeah. would, it would like eat at me until I did it. And I just would feel very incomplete without it. Kind of like an itch you can't scratch. Like no matter how many times you scratch it, it's still there. Um, So that was like all of um, like middle school and high school. Um, and I was in and out of like, you know, treatment facilities for my eating disorder, and you know, I'd go there. They'd force me to gain a bunch of weight because um, they would like, you know, monitor every, your every move and make sure mm-hmm. you do things in the bathroom, and very invasive. They would watch you go to the bathroom. There was no sense of privacy. Oh um, my God. Yeah, I was like, is this even legal? Like for some, yeah. Random. Like and,
1: and as like a growing female, like that's that's so violating. I couldn't imagine how how that felt being in that position.
0: Yeah, it was really uncomfortable and not to mention triggering. Like people would be like, you know, you hear other people purging, you see people purging off the balcony. And if you're someone who struggles with that, it's very triggering to see that because you're like, I want to do that too. I don't even want to be here. Like, cause my parents would force me into it. Cause I was a minor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like, I never really actually wanted to get better because I felt like I was always forced to like, try to get better, to get me better, but I never took the initiative myself because I think I was very in denial with how much of a true problem I had. Like, I always thought like, well, if I woke up to see the next day, I must be fine. Like that was my mindset about how I valued, or I guess didn't value my body. Like Uh I put it as like a garbage disposal really. Um, and so now it's like a complete one eighty. but, um, but to get to that point, um, like my health really got bad. Like, you know, I had osteoporosis um, and osteopenia in some areas, um, which has now a lot, you know, gotten a lot better. Now it's just like mild osteopenia in like my spine, but I used to have it everywhere. Um, so Mm -hmm. it's gotten a lot better since I started lifting weights and, you know, eating properly. But, um, so how did I actually like get myself into the gym? So I was actually, um, I had my first boyfriend experience, Um, And we were dating for like three months. um, And I was still dealing with my eating disorder. um, But he was really into the gym. And so he was like, he kind of, I feel like he kind of wanted to make me his like little gym project, (laughs) like, you know, bring me to the gym and like, you know, teach me how to like lift a barbell and like do a deadlift and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so like, I don't know, I got a kick out of it because I thought, I just thought of it as a joke because I'm like, I'm the most like unfit, most like weak person ever. So like, there's no way I you know, would be serious about this. But I'm like, I don't know, let's just try it. So he'd bring me to the gym and I'd do all the things and I'm like, you know, this is actually really fun. And then he'd be like, okay, now we're gonna eat a really good meal with protein. And I was thinking like, oh, I thought I was gonna go home. I was gonna like go like stuff my face like after this, but you know, um, but like we would just eat like a normal meal. And I was like feeling better physically. And I was like, oh, I kind of like like how I feel. Like, I really want to keep going. I'm like, I actually feel better for once. I actually have some energy. Like, I want to keep this going. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, things would happen and I'd fall off and I would find reasons to go back to my old ways. And, um, you know, I just found myself doing all these things where in my head I'd be doing them. And like, I was very self-aware, but in denial at the same time, like I'd be doing them. And as I'm doing it, I'm like, you're not supposed to be doing this. This is stupid. Like, why are you wasting all this time? Like sitting in your car, shoving chips in your face. What the fuck are you doing? Like, this is crazy. Um, And like, you know, I'd leave my boyfriend's apartment and I'd go to like the gas station and it would be like 8 PM and I'm sitting there eating and like throwing up in bags in my car. And I'm like, this is disgusting. Like, what are you doing?
1: Oh my gosh. Um,
0: And it just got to the point where I was like, I'm genuinely like scared, like I'm going to die, you know? Yeah. You know, cause just like, I just felt like my body was breaking down and like, I felt like my heart was skipping beats and I, you know, went to the hospital a few times for like low electrolytes and it was just really scary. And then I had a dream that I like died and I was like screaming for help, but no one could hear me. And I just felt like that was very symbolic of like the, the weight of what I was dealing with. Yeah. Like I felt like all my life I had been screaming, but nobody really heard me, you know, and I felt like this is the time where I need to hear me enough to do something about this. Um, And so eventually my boyfriend ended up breaking up with me um, just for totally unrelated reasons, but it was because, you know, he had a job I did not because I was too sick to work. Mm -hmm. Um, I was living with my parents and I guess I was very um, unsuccessful in terms of like, you know, a career. And I think that just didn't resonate with him. And so we kind of just moved our separate ways, but I was actually really relieved about that because like, I wasn't disappointed at all. I was like actually really happy because I was like my green light to pursue recovery, like a hundred percent because now I have no distractions Now I have, you know, if I want to stay home to make sure that I don't like, you know, find myself at a grocery store during times of weakness, when I shouldn't be there, like, this is what I need to do to keep myself, you know, safe and accountable. So that's what I did. Um, There was a period of time also in recovery where like, um, I asked my parents for accountability as well. Um, And they kind of gave it in the wrong ways sometimes, but other times they were actually really helpful. It kind of just depended on the day, but, um, but yeah, so that's where I started. And then um, I started going to the gym consistently. Um, and eventually I decided I'm going to quit binging and purging cold turkey. So I literally just stopped. Wow. Um, and it was like the hardest thing I had ever done. I got very bloated. Um, I looked pregnant, like, because, you know, I would sometimes go weeks without intentionally keeping food down. So, you know, all of a sudden I started eating normally uh, but it wasn't normally for me. And then I started eating more than that. Cause I got, I was really hungry. Like I was literally okay. starving. So, you know, my body was just like, had no idea what to do with all that food that I was eating. So it was just kind of sitting there. Um, and I just felt horrible, but I just knew that I needed to give myself the the time to heal. So I just kept going with it. I kept showing up at the gym, um, had no idea what I was doing at the gym, but I still, mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know that I need to be here because this is what's keeping me from, you know, going to the store and doing my bullshit. So I need to keep showing up to the gym because this is filling my time that would otherwise be spent like hurting myself. So um, I kept doing that. And then so I did that for about like a year, but, you know, halfway through, like in the six month mark, that was when COVID happened. And so the gyms closed. Um, okay. And that was actually when I got my period back because I had lost it from, you know, just years of my eating disorder and just not eating right and being very underweight and malnourished. Mm -hmm. Um, and so eventually I did get it back, which was great. And it's been consistent ever since. So, but I worked very hard to get it back. Like, um, you know, just making sure I was eating right. Um, and also gaining weight. Like that's really what I needed to do. Um, so I got it back and that was good. Um, but, then I couldn't go to the gym. So that was like really a stab to the soul. So, yeah. so, um, you know, my parents and I, my parents had seen how, you know, weight training had really changed my life for the better. And so they actually got me like a mini gym in the basement. And then we started like actually building a gym for me to use in the basement. So I did that for like two to three years, um, and just trained in the basement. And that's where I put on like the majority of the muscle that I have. So, it's really cool when you know people are like you know say thinking they need this like complicated workout routine, and I'm like honestly like pretty much not every all the muscle I have, but a lot of it was built from literally doing barbell rows, pull ups, like dumbbell mm-hmm. rows, like just barbell squats, like really basic stuff. Um, so I feel like I'm just like really you know proof that really simple stuff can work, you know. Um, but my very first coaching experience. I couldn't afford a coach. Um, so a newish coach agreed to take me on for free. Um, kind of like as her Guinea pig client, I was a Guinea pig for sure. (laughs) Um, and unfortunately, um, so I made a lot of progress with her, but you know, I just felt like she just was, it was not a good fit. She would take four days to respond to me. Sometimes, um, check-ins were very disorganized. I just felt like not responding to me the same day or even the next day just like didn't vibe with me because i'm like my goals are very important to me and if i'm like working harder than you like as the coach that i'm working with like this just isn't okay with me but i was very frustrated because i didn't have a job yet so i had like no money i couldn't even afford Mm -hmm. new workout clothes so i was still squeezing into the same stuff that i was wearing when i had an eating disorder because i couldn't even afford new workout clothes um and all my stuff had rips in it because I gained weight. So I was ripping stuff and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Um, so eventually I got, I did get a job. Um, and then I was able to buy some new workout clothes and eventually move out. And here we are. Um, and then I, you know, I also got like a legit coach who, you know, um, is familiar with health and like, you know, not just put on muscle, but also mm-hmm. like finally took into account that like, I don't recover well doing like high volume training you know, like four sets of 12, like stuff like that. Like my body just does not respond well to that. Um, And so, you know, she took me down from doing all that stuff to like literally one set until failure, you know, with warm up sets, of course, like one true, like all out set and that's it. And that's when I started to really see progress. And also like just being able to connect with your coach is so important and like trust them. Because like they respond and you can just tell that they care like that was really big for me. Um, and I I had started coaching before that, but I feel like I became a much better coach when I started working with a coach that like aligned with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reason that I started coaching is probably because of how I felt when I worked with my first coach. Um, you know, I was like, this is what not to do. What not to do is don't wait four days for your, to respond to your client and then blame it on your mental health. Cause how do you think that affects your clients who are like waiting what you're going to say, you know? Um, so yeah, that kind of really bothered me and that made me want to help other people and, you know, be the person that shows up just as much as they do. Um, And I just wanted to help other people who maybe, you know, were kind of in the same situation as me, like not necessarily with an eating disorder, but just like going through their own, you know, struggle and just really, you know, help them to come out of it and finally have these breakthroughs that like they never had before. Cause I've been there too. And, you know, I just really, I don't know. I've always felt like I really needed to help people, but until I had found, you know, weightlifting I was like. I, I never knew like I never had a purpose like and I never knew what it was but I always knew that it was something I just hadn't found it yet but then when I found it I was like this is it and I'm like I just need to learn some things because um, at the time I didn't really know very much um, I didn't even know how to build like you know a good training program um, mm-hmm. back when I started um, because you know I, I I worked with a client and like you know, he, I, I had him do an exercise and, you know, he was telling me like, oh, like this doesn't work for me. And I was like, just keep trying. And I'm just like, oh, that's not what you do. <laughs> so you start out. Like, you know, you don't know stuff and sometimes you're just a little stupid and, you know, but, um, but yeah, I, I, that's kind of where I started and I've made a lot of progress since then. um, And, you know, learn from people and, you know, it's just, yeah, night and day compared to where I used to be. So But yeah, that's, that's really how I got started.
1: It's so cool how, I mean, I know our stories are different, but there's still so much overlap and so much similarity with the fact that like, we took things that were like weaknesses in our life. And we were like, no, if I'm going to survive, I need to turn this into some kind, I need to use this or turn this into some kind of strength. Otherwise, like, I'm not going to make it like you know, and like, it's crazy how having that kind of self-awareness at like, you know, like in our early twenties and stuff like that. Cause like, I was the same thing. I didn't start with fitness at all until I was, I think 23, I was like 22 or 23. Like I like first was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try something, you know? Um, But it's really so cool how it doesn't matter where you're starting or like what you're going through, but you just have to have that desire to want better for yourself. And I feel like, I feel like with our stories, like we just figured out what what could we give on? What could we change at the time? Like, I feel like with both of us, like we didn't really, like we're so like outliers. I feel like so many people in their journeys, they are like, no, I need to change everything and everything is wrong and this and that. And it's like, with us, I feel like we recognized the thing like whatever was wrong but we were like okay to do it like I need to change this little bit and then I need to change this little bit and then it's like okay if I if I if I fall back it's like I'll get back on you know and it was that like consistency you know that we like preach about a lot but it's just funny to look back at how we didn't have access to the information that we do now and about talking about how consistency is so important and all of these things but like somehow we had it in us to build it then without, you know, all, all the information on Instagram, all of the, you know, all of the YouTube videos, all of the podcasts, all of the books, like everything that we're now exposed to in like current, we didn't have that when we started, like it was just beginning. And like, it's just crazy to see where we started and what our desires were and like where we are now from that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember, like, I would Google stuff all the time. And i would just come back with like, I have no idea what that means, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, or I would just come back with nothing. Like I googled, you know, like, recovering from bulimia and weightlifting and they, they, I would find people saying like oh you should never exercise in recovery because then that's just focusing on another obsession and you know all these conflicting things and mm-hmm. you know you'd hear people say like you can never fully recover from an eating disorder like you're always going to have a little bit of it like in the back of your mind and I would read it and I'd be like no like I want to recover fully like I'm not doing this shit if it's only gonna like be halfway like I want to yeah. be- recovered like of course I still have you know the memories of what I went through but it's I don't want it to be something that like I still feel like I want to do you know like I want to get to a point where I don't have these urges to do these things um and I can just live my life and I I always believed it was possible I was just like okay I'm just not there yet but I feel like Mm -hmm. if you don't believe that it's possible you're never going to get there (laughs)
1: no
0: And like, there was no resources back then, or at least I wasn't finding them. So Mm -hmm. I got to a point where I was like, I'm going to be the resource. I'm going to be my own resource. I don't need people to tell me what to do because, you know, I'm, I'm smart. I can figure this out. Um, If I make a mistake, then I learn from it and then move on. And, you know, it's a learning process. And um, yeah, it was definitely, definitely like a baby step approach for me. Cause like at first I was like, do I stop binging first or do I stop purging first? Like, that is the question. Like, which one do you stop doing first? And like, I just knew I had to stop purging first because then I was like, well, then maybe I just won't binge. If I know that I don't have like that, you know, exit plan, you know, um, to fall back on if I accidentally eat too much. And the thing is, I still continued to, you know, eat a lot. Um, cause I really needed to, but eventually I was just like, I'm not do I'm not going back to that point. Um, so yeah, I just really just trained myself to respond to my emotions differently. Cause there was so much inner work that I did like mentally um, mm-hmm. and just learning to sit with my emotions was very difficult for me. Cause normally I wouldn't sit with them. Um, and I used to be that person that never, ever cried. Um, so like because instead of crying, I would start eating. So in recovery, I cried every single day. Sometimes I'd cry for like six hours straight on and off. Yeah. and like I wasn't working. So if I wanted to be in my room and just lay in bed for six hours crying, like I could, I feel like in a way, even though that sounds really bad, like you shouldn't spend your time like that. I feel like that's what I needed though. Like I needed time to just like be and not have yeah. any obligations or stress and just exist and focus on healing. Like, even though I felt very guilty for not having a job, I feel like it was a blessing in disguise that I didn't have one. Cause I mean, with the job I have now, if I had an eating disorder, like number one, I wouldn't last a day um, at this job because it's just way too um, confusing and very mentally um, taxing. And you need to be feeding yourself properly in order to function at something like this. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I think the stress would have just gotten to me and I wouldn't have kept the job. So, in a way, I'm glad that I, you know recovered first before really putting myself out there and like trying to get a job and like move out and everything because, um, there was a time where I actually did move out at one point, but I only lasted three weeks because I, you know, just got too sick and I ended up, you know, in the hospital. Um and so then my parents had to like help me move all my stuff home. And like as they were helping me to like clean out my apartment, it was just like, you know, an absolute mess. Cause you know, when, sometimes when your mental health gets really bad, like, so do your surroundings and that was the mm-hmm. situation for me. So it was just like the worst, it was so embarrassing. And I was like, I never want this again. Um. So yeah, that was another reason why, like when I moved out this time, I'm like, I'm so glad I waited until I was like fully better. So I know that like, if I want to have cookies in my apartment, I can trust myself to not like eat all of them, you know? Yeah. And actually getting to like experience that for the first time, like being on my own, it's just been like very eye opening. I'm like seeing all my hard work pay off, like knowing that like, yeah, I have a box of cookies in the pantry and I forgot it was there for like a week. Like for me, that's like really incredible because in the past it would be like I couldn't stop thinking about that until yeah, I it would
1: be like that itch. Like you were talking about that. Like, oh, I know I have cookies. I know I have them. I can have one right yeah. now. Like I can, I can only imagine like the, the cycling thoughts.
0: Yeah, exactly. And now I'm, it's just like, I forget because it's like, I have, I have things to do. Uh, I'm eating mm-hmm. good food. So I'm not really like, you know, hungry in between my meals. Like I'm satisfied. And I know that if I want to have it, I can have it, you know, and it's not the end of the world. So yeah, it's definitely, I feel like it all started with, Lifting weights because you know it taught me to not just be physically strong but like mentally too. You know? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I
1: completely feel the same way. Like I, I started developing so much discipline when I started. Like even though I was in my room and stuff like that, like and I was using like baby weights and stuff. Like even then, like I would always be like, okay, I need to eat a meal and then I need to do my workout. And like I don't care what anybody else, any of my friends are doing or anything like that. Like. I uh, like this is important to me I want to do this you know like and I just started like it, it felt like such an outlier because I feel like a lot of people when they first start in their journey they're so easily swayed by what everybody else is doing and I feel like the independence right that like you and I basically have and that we had from you know feeling that like internal feeling of like okay I, like I, I'm the like I feel like I'm the only one worrying about me you know what I mean like I feel like I feel like that is a, like a lot of like overlap with both of us and, you know, to be like, okay, I don't care what they're doing. Like, I care about what I'm doing. Like I'm doing this for me. This is what I want to do. And, you know, just like developing that discipline translates to so many other areas of your life, emotionally, mentally, and like, and that's only the tip of the iceberg too. There's still so much that winds up happening over the years as you like, as you continue to grow and you go through seasons and, you know, like that discipline changes and it grows. And like, it just is so crazy how it embeds itself into your life by just this act that seems so simple. Like, Oh, you're just picking up weights. It's like, it is so much bigger. It is such a larger impact. And it's so crazy how you don't know until you do it.
0: Yeah. Exactly, it's kind of like the whole thing. Like no one's coming to save you, you know. It's like I'm the one coming to save me, you know. Because I think for yeah. so long I was always waiting, you know, to find the solution. Like, oh, if I just Google this hard enough, maybe one day I'll come. <laughs> a manual that tells me exactly what I need to do. But it's like, yeah. no, I am the manual. I write the manual. <laughs> this is my life. Like I need to figure this out for myself, and like what works for one person may be terrible for me. So it's like, I need to figure out what works for me. And I think I was just really determined to figure it out because I got so sick of living or existing how I was. And um, I was just like, I can't live like this. Like, I don't want to, when I'm old, like have if I make it that far, I don't want to have all these regrets and like wishing I had done things differently or like, you know, tried to get better sooner, you know? Mm-hmm. Um And there's like so many other health issues that can happen when you like, don't recover from, you know, bulimia, like you can lose your teeth. You can, um, I mean, you can have a heart attack in your sleep, you know, so many, you can rupture your stomach or your esophagus, like so many things can go. wrong. And, um, you know, I mean, I had dealt with some of those things, like never lost any teeth, but I've had a lot of cavities and like, I have pretty much no enamel on my teeth. And so it's like, I can't afford for more of that. So You know, I was just like, I'm not going to just let this slide and like keep putting it off because I would always say like, you know, oh, I'll recover when this or maybe Uh this will be the time or oh, I'll recover after I move out. But it's like, no, no, like I'm not going to get to move out unless I recover because I need to be able to keep a job. (laughs) So Uh i to be able to eat so that I can function at the job. Otherwise, there is no job. And so it's like I had it all backwards and it's like I had it. It was very conditional. Um, and it's like, I can't recover while I'm living with my parents because you know, that quote of like, um, you can't heal in the same environment that broke you. So I always Mm -hmm. felt like, I always felt like, well, I can't recover in this toxic environment, but it's like, actually you can recover in any environment if you freaking decide to. And you decide that you're not a victim, even in the environment, like you have to just build like a mental barrier and like separate yourself from it, you know?
1: Yeah. And also create those boundaries with the people around you too. And like, it's so cool how with both of us, like we kind of just like woke up one day and we're like, no, today's the day and I'm not going to negotiate with myself anymore. This is the day that I'm going to do it. And I think that's like a really cool message for people to understand, like, cause so many people are like, Oh, well, you know, I'll wait till Monday or I'll do this and I'll do that. And there's so many conditions on when they're going to start changing their life. And it's like, no, you can literally just wake up and decide today is the day or even like you could be midday. And then the next meal that you're having, you could be like, you know what, this is the meal that I start changing and that's as simple as it needs to be. And that's as simple as it could be for so many people. And I feel like there's, there's such a hard barrier for so many, but I think that with our stories, I think that that's a really cool message that like, It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter where you've been. You can literally wake up and decide to be different. And if you do, it's going to be the best decision that you've ever made for your life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people think they need a clean slate to start over. And it's like, you don't need to start over, you know, like we didn't, we didn't like start over. We just decided like we're drawing the line in the the sand right here. Mm -hmm. And from this step on, things are going to change, you know, Um, it's not like we just decided like, okay, let's wait till tomorrow. It's like, there's a sense of urgency, like, you know, like, who says tomorrow's coming, like, anything can happen, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I definitely felt like I needed to like, change my ways, like immediately. And obviously, it wasn't like I changed all of my ways immediately, you know, same, same thing with you, too. Like, we didn't just like change overnight. But it's like, the mindset did, though, like, because it has Mm -hmm. to
1: Yeah. It's like that. Um, I think I saw like an Andy Frisella reel going around recently that was like urgent patience or something like that about like, like putting in the work every single day or something like that. Like once you make the decisions to like change, but like understanding that it's going to take the time. And that's really important that like, it's not going to be overnight and it doesn't have to be overnight in order for it to be sustainable. That's what you want. You don't, you want the mindset shift overnight and the desire overnight, but not necessarily the the tangible changes
0: yeah yeah I think a lot of people also think that like they need motivation too like especially when things get difficult but it's Mm -hmm. like people need to realize that like you know people like us I'm sure like there were times where we were so not motivated but it's like not (laughs) but it's like being unhappy though and feeling like shit is a motivator in itself you know it's Mm -hmm. like being like man, I feel like crap right now. I never want to feel like this again. Like, I don't know. That's that's motivation for me.
1: So. Yes, that's the fuel for that. Like motivation is the fuel that it's like the, or the kindling that like fuels the discipline. Like that's what creates your desire to want the discipline and to create the discipline.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think people think they need to feel motivated all the time, but that's definitely not the
1: case. So. Yes absolutely. So for anybody listening, you know, Emily and I both are coaches. We both can help you start if you're a beginner or maybe you're intermediate or maybe you're a little bit more advanced. Um, you know, we're both here to help anybody at whatever point in their journey. Both of us will say though that we cannot take we're not equipped to take on people with active eating disorders though. Um yes. just a just a caveat. Um there's there's professional resources that, you know, we can help you find. Um but You know, when it comes to starting to want to change your life, the best thing that you can do is hire a coach because they can help you sort through so much shit and help bring so much clarity to you and also give you, you know, the accountability that you need to in a very understanding way. So, um, you know, Emily and I are both always taking clients and we do lifestyle, um, functional health, you know. Things like that. So my Instagram is at underscore fitnix, um, and that's underscore f i t n i k s. And then you know Emily has her, um, she'll give her Instagram handle. And I just really want to thank you for letting me be on here today. Um, I really enjoyed doing this. So I hope that we can do this again because I think that this was a really great episode, and a lot of people are going to enjoy listening to this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming on today. This was really great. And we have so much in common. Like I didn't even realize how much we had in common. And it was just really great to, you know, talk about it. And because I've I've never, I feel like I've never talked about this with another coach and another athlete who like gets it, you know? So it's very refreshing because, you know, a lot of times, you know, I'm sure we both have felt very alone in our journey. Like we're just like oddball and like nobody can relate to us so it's like do we even share our story because people are going to look at that and be like that's so unrelatable how is this even Mm -hmm. relevant you know but really at the end of the day it is because it comes down to determination and um you know shifting your mindset like whatever it is that you struggle with you know so yeah so um my instagram is strong underscore dot em wait what i just messed that up It's been a day. It is <laughs> strong underscore dot m dot powered. So that's my Instagram. Can't believe I couldn't even like <laughs> recite. <that around laughs> that. There you go. Um, brain is a little fried today, but all good. So um, so yeah, that's it for today. Um, And we'll probably be back with another episode at some point. So thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you in the next episode. See Bye. you guys.